Syria off fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I'm Chris with Just Tad today. Marco is out in Bologna doing something in Italy. We don't know what. No, I, yeah, I mean, I, after the uh, Bologna result against Sampdoria, he just kind of bursted into tears, threw his hands up in the sky, you know, shouted something in Italian about going to Bologna, and we haven't heard or seen anything from him since. Yeah, so. I would, I'd be elated, too, for his uh, beloved Bologna. After that victory, but no, in all reality... Well, I mean, it's his, it's his first time ever going there, so <laughs> yeah, I'd be, right. I'm really excited for him. Yeah, he's probably fistfuls of, of, uh, of bolognese pasta right now. Yeah, we, uh, we miss Marco. As we mentioned on last week's pod, he is out west uh, doing the good work, uh, doing some disaster relief for work. Um, so we wish him well, and we're thinking of everybody out there in California still uh, dealing with the, the uh, results of the fire out there from the fall. I could just see Marco out there, just tears the sleeves off his of his shirt, big veiny arms, single-handedly saving Napa Valley from uh, from from disaster relief. That's right. That's the Marco we know and love. Absolutely. That is making sense. Single-handedly saving Napa from disaster relief. I'm going to go with it, but I know that's not right. We know what you were going Okay, for. yeah. All right. All just right. so we know. It's been, it's been a long week. It's been a long 30 days on the podcast, This we'll get into. <laughs> so, uh, Marco is out. Let's jump right over to Italy, Tad. We've got Serie A, and you've named them the Oscars. Said uh, an award ceremony there last year in the Serie A. What did you think of the big winners from the Serie A Oscars? Yeah, the Gran Gala del Calcio where we get to see uh, uh, all the uh, Italian players in street clothes. Uh, it, well, street clothes in Italy is tuxedos. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, Uncle Gigi and all them, you know, don the, don the, uh, the tuxedos. And, you know, I'm always excited about this one because I feel that, uh, you know, the European leagues are, are very minimalistic on their award ceremonies, um, whereas in the United States for every sport, you know, there's – 10 different award ceremonies at the college level, at the pro level, you know, for each and every sport. And then, then, you know, cross sports uh, award ceremonies. You see, you get the one in Italy <laughs> and, they, and they appropriately named the Grand Gala del Calcio. And you know, a couple of interesting choices here, man. Yep. Player of the year, Buffon. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's a, he's a big name in Syria. Player of the year. That is a big title to hold for a goalkeeper. That's an honor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, man. I, I love Uncle Gigi as much as the next guy. He's absolutely adorable. Nothing not to love. I mean, he he, he can make growing he can he can make crying as a forty year old man look graceful. Yep. Uh, um, we were right there with him after the Italy debacle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to just look at this as like lifetime achievement award. Yeah. I mean, I guess he didn't have to really fight it out with Toti for this one because Toti didn't really play a whole lot, but. It's it's tough to say that Buffon had a bigger contribution to his team. I don't even think he's the most invaluable player on his own team. 
Well, yeah, you know? Juve is pretty deep there, so that's uh, can't hold that against them. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I mean, Player of the Year. You know, I mean, it, the the one thing you can say for him is that you know Juventus won the Scudetto for the four hundred twenty sixth time in a row. Yep. But and the uh, Copa Italia, they got the Dopio. Uh, yeah, the the Juvent, Juventini are really excited about another <laughs> Copa Italia. Um, but uh, uh, just just the 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 fiftieth star on their shirt. But you know, you got to think that like. I think that Skorupski could have won won the Scudetto <laughs> with this team. So uh, you know the the proverbial hats off to Uncle Gigi for winning it. But I you know I I would have I would have looked at you know some of these other superstars like Trace Mertens or Nangolin or or Jeko or Hamsik or Insigne. You know uh, or even on his own team. You know, uh, Iguain had a heck of a year last year. There's Belotti out there that, you know, crushed it last year. So, you know, I mean, the, I, I don't think they're too hung up on awards. Um, and so that's why they just, it's just kind of like the whole, you know, whole Italian mentality with, you know, Ventura and, uh, um, you know, becoming coach because it was just his turn. It's like, it seems like more of a symbolic thing that, you know, we're just going to, we're just going to give it to him because, yeah, what the heck. You know, it's it's his last season. He's earned it. Even if he hasn't, he's earned it. Yeah, yeah. If it's uh, celebratory in that nature, though, I don't see how you don't give it to Tolti. But we're Romanisti. we got to let that one slide. How about... Well, Tolti has scored more goals on Buffon than Buffon has scored on Tolti. That is a fact I looked up. It's you had to true. look that up? That's a statistic. <laughs> it's only my second year on the podcast, man. It's it it shocking as well. How about... Uh, uh, behind the bench, uh, we've got the third place coach winning the award this year in Sari, Napoli's coach. Sari gets the award here. What did you think about that one? Uh, more than Allegri, more than uh, Spalletti for the second place Romanisti last year? I think this one's more deserving than Buffon as player of the year. I think you can definitely make a stronger argument that Sari, you know, as a third place coach, I think there there might be a little, like like with a lot of these, I think there's a little bleed over this season that, you know, there's, there's not impartial voting. Like, they, you know, a, a lot of these people who are picking who these players are, you know, and where they're going to, where they're going to pan out in these, in these awards have to be looking at, you know, recent successes and not just, you know, drawing the line at the end of last season. But, you know, I mean, you know, he had, he had a, an, an amazing season, maybe some of the mishandlings of Toti, um, you know, but he got, were we within three or four points of the Scudetto? I mean, like that's, that's, that's a pretty strong challenge uh, for that Allegri. I mean, you know, he won the Scudetto, uh, but sorry, I think what he did is he, you know, he's made like his own brand of Calcio at Napoli, did it all without getting any big signings, um, big splash signings, um, like Roma and Juventus did. So I, I don't really have too much to squawk at this one. And I think if, you know, if, if we're taking it up to like present day, absolutely, you got to give it to Sorry. Yep. Well, his uh, his trademark of soccer is definitely on display this uh, uh, year. He's uh, got the title right now, at least in the in, in November. Here, he's in first place, but we will see whether that lasts. Do you think? Do you if if you win the coach of the year uh, at the Grand Gala de Calcio, and they give you like. Like a like a gold or a green jacket or something like that. Do you think Sari would actually wear it? That guy never wears a coat and tie. He wasn't even there. De Laurentiis accepted the I thing. Maybe maybe, maybe that's why we figured it out. You had to wear a suit, and Sari's like, nah, no, not my style. No, I'm not going to be there. Very unItalian of him, but uh, we respect it. Speaking of Italian, Chris, you're looking very New Jersey today. 
Well, it's a it's a celebratory day for Genoa, the great state of New Jersey. We'll get into that later, but Giuseppe Rossi. Yeah, you know, for those of you guys who don't know, Chris is a very proud New Jerseyan, and right now he's wearing a flat cap, <laughs> uh, a a long sleeve t shirt with the sleeves rolled that, up. It's a sweater. Come on, a sweater's even worse, man. I mean, the only, the only thing it could be worse if it has a V neck and gold Jesus chain outside the shirt you better be careful on that with around uh uh, uh keep talib man he's gonna come snatch that off you <laughs> i don't know how we can make it more new jersey he's, he's got the silver watch on he's looking he's looking really good jersey he's looking strong he's looking like he, he should be uh hanging out watching the the grand uh, gala del calcio with uh sorry we should be there that's right I'm, I'm waiting for the invitation maybe uh i'll go next year with giuseppe rossi <laughs> but what do you think about the the best 11 in yeah. this thing so we got buffon Danny Alves, Banucci, Koulibaly, Alexandro, Ninja Nangalon, Backstabbing Pjanic. No, sorry, I kid. Uh, 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 Steve Tyler playing soccer, uh, <laughs> uh, the Street Shark, uh, Hamsick. And then up top, there's Mertens, Iguain, and Dybala. What was your takeaway from this, man? My big takeaway for that was Danny Alves. Boy, that must have been awkward. Hey, I'm here representing Juventus. I said a lot of awful things in the press when I left, <laughs> uh, but thanks for the award here. I was surprised. I don't know, man. Maybe you uh, skipped the, uh, this award ceremony in Italy, but he went. He went. Yeah, you you got No, there's no way he's leaving, man. Danny Alves is not above accepting an award. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Chiellini said something this week too that I don't. I can't tell if he's throwing shade. If you need to read between the lines, that like he said that he, that Danny Alves is going to leave PSG next year because you know he always needs, always needs to face a new challenge and he has a lot of respect at Juventus, you know, a lot of good memories. But he's going to leave, uh, uh, you know. So I wonder uh, if he, if he maybe just racking up those absentee awards, you know, it's like he's like going back to his ex girlfriend's house to like <laughs> get his. Get a CD collection. That just shows you how old I am. Yeah. Get a, get a flash drive with all my good stuff on. I don't know. I, I don't think this was an indicator that he's coming back to Syria. So. Yeah, I have no problem here with this back line. I think, you know, and, and obviously in the Serie A, like, the, I mean, you look at every single one of these players, they're all in the top three finishing teams. Um, you know, I really have no problem with the back line. I, I can't really, I can't really fight it. On that with Alves, Banucci, Koulibaly, or Alexandro. Ninja was an absolute beast. Pjanic, I mean, he was the best midfielder on the best team in the Serie A last year, so I don't have any problem with that. Hamsik, I mean, Hamsik was a boss last year. Uh, I mean, it, it, the stark contrast to this year, still, I mean, I don't think he's playing terribly this year, but, you know, as, as amazing as he was last year. Mertens, I mean, arguably the best player in the Serie A. It's the Iguain Dybala thing. I mean, again, I think Dybala is winning this award because he started off so gangbusters this year. But I mean, like, how do you keep Mohamed Salah off of this? Yeah. 18 goals, 12 assists. How do you keep the Capo Cannonieri at Ndjeko out of this? And not just to be a total Roma homer, but how do you keep Andrea Belotti off this list? Yeah. So, I mean, Belotti is definitely better than Dybala last year. And all those players are better than Dybala last year. Iguain, you know, Iguain was pretty awesome last year. But I think that... You know, if 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 you ask me right now, who would I rather have, Dybala or Mohamed Salah? And I'd, I'd probably still take Mohamed Salah. All right. So there you have it. Last year is definitely in the books. Let's jump to the most recent action in Serie A, week 14. Hold, hold on, Chris. Before we go on to this, I read the story right before we we started recording. Is Per Denone 
beats Cagliari. So there's there's a mouthful right there. Perdanone beats Cagliari. Yeah. Um, that just wins the best thing to ever say in Italian period. And the Coppa Italia, and the, just, you know, outside of a Serie C team beating a Serie A team, um, which is always super embarrassing, unless you're Reggiana, Forza Granata. Um, you know, the co- they asked the coach well, how they beat Cagliari, and he said because his players pl- knew the Cagliari players from playing fantasy football. <laughs> So the millennials are taking over, my friend. That's right. Oh, I think we're past millennials of whoever's playing soccer now. These kids were born in like 2010. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> they were born in 2016. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're they're born in 2024 and they're yeah. already playing in Serie C. Yeah, yeah, man. So either I don't know degenerate gamblers uh, or, uh, but I want to know what fantasy football are the Perdinone guys playing? Because I want to sign it for that league. If, yeah, right. if it's such a good league that you could just suit up and beat. Of Syria team. That is the one to be in for sure. Yeah, for sure. So uh, my, I guess, I guess if once I get in that league, my team name is going to be Perdonone Bizza Cagliari. <laughs> Very nice. All right, Tad. Let's jump back into it. Week fourteen up in the Syria. Up next is the rundown. European competition and a packed league schedule. The last several weeks are giving the Serie A random lineups, players playing out of position, and low-scoring games. After a grueling 30 days of coverage, Curve Americans can expect the podcast equivalent of an ugly 0-0 draw with Curve America a man down even before the first whistle. Miss you, Marco. Tad is already out of position and his shoelaces are tied together. Hey, now. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> pretty common. <laughs> well, you're the backup goalkeeper, so. That's true. That's true. To the games themselves, Napoli follow up a crucial Champions League win with an ugly win over Udinese. Icardi shows the rest of the top teams what it looks like to not have played midweek. Juve finally find a new salon after a month and book Crotone for a long overdue waxing. Roma pulls a Roma and ruins this pod Sunday morning. Got that right. OTFR find a way to drop points. Sampdoria look like they changed their crest to Icarus and play like they have flown too close to the sun. Benevento strengthen their argument to be the hipster team of the Serie A, still looking for that first point. And be sure to stick around at the end of our breathtaking analysis for Sassuolo versus Hellas Verona. Oh, what a game. All right, Tad, there we go with what we can expect for this week. We want to remind everyone about our social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can find the podcast on Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, no, I think, I think we also sing it occasionally off balconies in Verona. So. Fair point, fair yeah. point. We've also got, I forgot to mention, AS, AS Roma 360 and our own uh, website, uh, CurveAmerica.com. You're welcome to check us out there. We appreciate everybody. Yes. we've. Well, you, when you're out there, too, you want to rate and comment on the podcast. Uh, rate and comment, subscribe. That would also be really good. And I was listening to other podcasts, and they go, give us a five-star rating. And, and I, you know, I, every week I'm like, oh, I'm going to remember to say that. And then this week I saw that we got our first not five-star rating, we got a three-star rating. So I would be inclined to say, give us a five-star rating, but I, th- I think that like we've been graded on a curve so far, with like my mom and stuff like that. Like <laughs> I think that this is the first sensible curve American, because I would say that we're probably a three-star podcast. Yeah, I would say people are catching on after a year and a half of doing this, that we are terrible podcasters. So whoever, <laughs> whoever the three-star uh, uh, podcasters out there, we salute you with what, Chris? 
The beer, the beer of the week with the shameless beer plug. I gotta say, guys, tip of the hat to some family members who tipped me off about Trogues. It's an independent brewing company up there in Hershey, Pennsylvania. The, the beer we're drinking is the Mad Elf. If you're lucky enough to live in, I'd say, the eastern seaboard area between Philly and, honestly, D.C., I don't know if they sell it much many other places, but this beer is fantastic. Definitely try to grab some for uh, your holiday uh, it's really great. Uh, it might be a tough one to get, but it's infused with honey and cherry, and it's only brewed once a year around Christmas time. So definitely check out Trogue's Mad Elf. It is a delicious beer, and we're drinking it in the holiday spirit right next to the Christmas tree that Leslie and Pepper, the podcasting pug, uh, put up on Sunday this weekend after I was too angry to do anything after Roma's loss. You'll be able to tell this beer because the Mad Elf on the label Looks like a stone demon baby with chicken wings for ears. Yep, I would say that might be a Crotone player. Somebody <laughs> somebody in the lower rung the, of the table. The, the, Godfresh, whatever, Donash, that's who, that's who that is. He's not somebody. a Crotone player, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. That, that, this, this guy in this thing looks like his name is, is, is Godfresh Donash. I think it what, was he a, like a Genoa player or something like that? He's just on some trash team. Forza Crouton Nation. All right, cheers to Mad Elf. Here we go with the top... Up first in the top five is Napoli. Stay in the top of the table. They take on Udinese. Get this one one nothing. Not much to report on, though, in this game. Uh, Tad, you got it. Go ahead. Been a long time since we've had the first game, and I think it's only because Marco's not here. So, you know, instead of rotating every three weeks, I get confused. But I know that I know that it's my turn, and yeah, basically the story of this one is the buffet himself, Scuffet, uh, assists the the goalkeeper for Udinese assists in Jorginho's uh, PK, and yeah, I mean the the, the, the big the, the the main takeaway from the action this game is Jorginho's penalty, and it's just so symptomatic of this tired Serie A uh, that he, he has the slow walk up. And just a weak kick. You kind of, you know, you get in the holiday season. It kind of reminded me of like if Charlie Brown took this fun. <laughs> this game, I mean, I almost saw him like spin in the air and fall on his back. Right. Or is that the is that Snoopy that does it? Either way, it was it, it was a weak attempt. And the only thing weaker than the than the than the PK attempt was the buffet man himself, Scuffet's uh, attempt to block it. I mean, he basically he, he basically looked like a drunk guy trying to dance and a heavy metal. In a heavy metal show, like he just kind of like, Duh! and then hits it right back to Jorginho, taps it in. That's it. One all. There's your game. Yep. It's but pretty weak from a high flying Napoli here, but they get the job done. They huh? get the one zero ugly. They yep. get the one zero ugly. But you know, hey, this game also the return of the Spaz, <laughs> Massimo Odo's first game of Udinese uh, since being at Pescara. Yeah, Pescara had an epic. Epic year of coaches last year with Massimo Odo and then uh, Zeman. Yeah, but yeah, Massimo Odo, you might remember him from his absolute just rants and tirades and hysterics on the sideline for Pescara last year. You know, uh, he's just gonna he's gonna give Miha. We we have this heavyweight title of of the crazy, you know, the crazy Bobby Knight coach back in the Serie A between. Massimo Odo and and Miha. And yep. what does he come out? This crazy lunatic of a coach, a formation of a 3511. And you know what that means to me? Catanacho. That's your new favorite word. You like that one. <laughs> yeah, man. I've been I've, I've been I've been uh, I've been learning a lot from friend of the podcast. At, 
at Catanaccio N.A. Yeah, at Catanaccio N.A. Rocco. Rocco, that's Rocco, right. Rocco, we met up in Boston. Yep. Um, yeah, so we got the Catanaccio going on here. And guys, the Serie A has film on Napoli right now. The, the other times, the only other time Napoli's drop points in the Serie A is uh, coming off of a midweek game. And the other team parks the bus. You know, uh, uh, Udinese is, is no stranger to that one. And this one, they almost pull it off. Uh, you know, but Catanaccio, man, how, how do you how do you feel about this for this this idea of going up against Napoli, catch them when they're tired, and park the bus? I think it's pretty much the strategy for a team like Udinese to park the bus against a top high flying team like Napoli. So not surprised by it. Um, more surprised by Napoli not being high flying in this game. It just really just looks sluggish, looks slow, and uh, only getting one goal against Udinese despite them parking the bus. I still expect three or four goals out of Napoli because they're that good. Yeah, I mean, their their front six looked human Yep. in this one. And uh, it really surprised me with Sarri on this one. Uh, you know, apparently when he wasn't attention, attending the Syria Oscars, what he was not doing was drawing up a new game plan. Um, because, I mean, he comes out with the same classic 11, you know, d- doing just a bunch of gangsters, doing some gangster-ish. Um and, uh, uh, you know, you would think that if there's ever a time that they were going to rest players in the Serie A, a few of them at least uh, would be, you know, coming off of a crucial Champions League game, going into uh, a weekend uh, matchup against Udinese when the next game is a Friday game and you're playing against Juventus. So it just, it just shows that Napoli looking over their shoulders. Yep, yep, and uh, we'll get into it later, but at least for one night, they didn't have first place. Uh, they had to win it back on Sunday. We'll get about into that in the intergame. My favorite story about this uh, game, Tad, not even this game, but just Napoli, it's, it's coming up, right? Uh, the fact that we've got Napoli against Juve on Friday, but... Primetime. Primetime game. But there's other primetime things competing for the hearts of Italians here. Is Deion Sanders on Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> no, sir. Oh. In fact, it's the show I've been hyping. It's available on Netflix here in the States for seasons one and two. But over in Italy, season three is available for Gamora. And I will say Gamora seems to be catching on. The, the character uh, Jenny, Gennaro, Salvatore Esposito, I see he's in L.A. now on Instagram. So keep out on the lookout, Curve Americans. You might see a star here in the States. But uh, there is a conflict between the Juve-Napoli game and Gamora, and this is probably the most Italian thing ever because Italians are really hoping that Serie A will come to their senses and move the game so they do not have to miss Gamora or at least choose between them. So my takeaway from that is Italians clearly not a fan of DVR because it's just not happening over there. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if Italians have DVR. Uh, I don't know if that's a big thing over this. I, at least I didn't see a whole lot of it in Rome when I was there. I would think that uh, they they can't convince their mom to push the VHS into the uh, VHS player and record uh, uh, the show live, or at least it's just impossible to avoid spoilers over there. Like you know, you're going out in the parking lot and and people are are, are all talking to you know uh, talking to people on the phone about what happens. So <laughs> yeah, Gamora, man. I mean, Italy's Game of Thrones. Yep, that's very true. Very true. So or Italy's more like Italy's Breaking Bad. You can't go Wire because Wire wasn't mainstream enough. Yeah, that's it's it's compared to the Wire, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a good show. I really like it. But for for any Americans trying to practice their Italian, we've had this talk, man. They don't just, speak Italian. Oh, my God. They're speaking Napolitan, and it's just another language. So it's a fun, entertaining show. 
clearly conflict conflicts with Napoli Juve. We will see what wins. What do you choose, Chris? Se- season finale of, of Gamora season three or go to the stadium, Napoli Juventus? See, for me, I mean, we're I'm so accustomed to DVR and being able to... Ch- I'm more likely to avoid spoilers in that than a game, right? So Trump feel- says no DVR. I'm going live soccer. Yeah, live soccer game, all man. the time. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Catch the rerun. All right, so big game. Looking all, Already looking forward to week 15 in that one. Let's go to the second game for week 14 with Inter and Cagliari. This one finished 3-1. Icardi gets the brace, and Spalletti buys dinner, apparently, as Inter claimed first place in Serie A for at least one night in the Serie A, that one night being Saturday. Inter played on Saturday. During the day, no Europe competitions, so they're all about the Scudetto this season. And they take sole possession of first place that Saturday night, and they're definitely building that narrative themselves. Definitely pushing the fact that they want it, and they want a Champions League spot. So... They are making moves here. Doesn't hurt to also be rubbing it in the face of your crosstown rival. Oh, yeah. As, uh, as yeah. you're in the top four. Yeah, sorry for the Milanisti out there, but the dumpster fire that is AC Milan. For Inter, who is taking care of business here, they have some new signings here. Adair and Handanovic. Uh, they both uh, signed extended uh, contracts here, so they were targets for some, Europe, some English teams, uh, at least for Handanovic, so... It's good. The at least, handyman. Yeah, at least they get to they get to rely on him being there a little bit longer. If I was hungry, I would have sold Adair for like a bag of like sour cream potato chips, sour cream and onion potato chips. Not is big it? on Adair. Not huh? big on Adair. All right. Well, he's back at least. So Interisti, you got him in your in your uh, lineup there. But the main man continues to be Icardi. He gets the brace in this one, which makes it 15 goals in 14 games, which even following last year, Tad, like the Capo Canonieri race, 15 goals at this point in the season is unreal. They're on another level. Yeah. They're on another level. And, you know, if, if you look at it, you know, they, you know, they have quarterback whispers in like the NFL now or, uh, you know, uh, uh, point guard whispers in the NBA or something like that, some sort of coach that can do that, man. I think that the Serie A is a couple striker whispers because Sp- with Spalletti, um, you know, in in Inter, I mean, this is the second team in a row that he's just taken some guy who I don't know if underperformed is the correct term for Riccardi. It definitely was the correct term for Jekko, mm-hmm. um, but it's just put them on a level. And then Simone Inzaghi down in OTFR. Yeah. You know, I mean, like he, he seems to have just revitalized Cherry Immobile and as fun as the Capo Cannonieri race was last year, this one is just really exciting. Yep, absolutely. And I continue to be a fan of Spalletti. Uh, watch some of the press conference coverage he had. Uh, he's just a political mastermind when it comes to the quotes. There's a lot of talk of uh, Icardi now. There's interest from La Liga with, uh, I think it's Real. Uh, Real or Barcelona, I can't remember. But um, sure not Celta Vigo is really yeah, a, a mix yeah. in this one? Yeah, I'm sure every team in uh, La Liga would be interested, but one of the big two. Um, but Spalletti has the right answer. He says, hey, every time I talk to Icardi, he dreams of being an Interista for the rest of his life. So, hey, man, I don't know if you can uh, put money on it, but Spalletti's got the right answer, so give him credit for that. For Icardi in this game... He opened the scoring in the 29th minute and sealed the deal in the 83rd with his brace. So open the scoring, finish the scoring, sealing the deal better than Prince Harry putting a ring on it with Meghan Markle. Congrats to the newlywed couples. I guess they're not newlyweds yet, but they're getting there. Congrats <laughs> to the engagement. 
So there you go, man. Acardi continues to be the story. On Cagliari's side, credit to them in this one. Il Mister Lopez, the new coach from just a few weeks ago, tactics might have put a scare in Inter in this one. No shots from Inter on net until Acardi's goal in the 29th. Admittedly, the first shot that they see, they let in, so that's not good. But uh, Lopez's quote, uh, he called Icardi an animal in this one. He just feels like he's got a, a, a nose for goal and, and really found it, especially with a brace. If I were to call Icardi an animal, I think I'd probably call him a lion. Because of that massive uh, tattoo. Or at least I think he'd want me to call him a lion. By the way, Insigne, maybe one up to Cardi here, because on his back I just saw he, he's got a brand new lion. Like, his whole back is a lion now. So that is the popular Did, striker tattoo now. How's, I mean, tigers seem to be underrated in yeah, Serie A exactly. right now. Only lions, I guess. King of the jungle. Why not, why not a bear? Yeah, it's just a big old grizzly bear. Yeah, that's that's. Your, oh, that's Iguain. That's your Midwesternness coming out there. I yeah, think. Well, and Iguain, <laughs> I think, also gets really fat and hibernates during the winter. So. That's fair. Yeah, uh, more on him later. All right, so finishing up with Cagliari, Pavoletti did get on the score sheet here in the seventy-first minute. That's a positive for Cagliari. The tooth. That's right. The teeth, man. But I think if you're a Cagliari fan out there. This is a positive, right? You got a new coach who seems to have the Sardinians believing in something against a big team like Inter, and they've won three of their last five. So, hey, man, from where they were with uh, uh, Borriello leaving to Spal to now, you got a new coach and actually making things happen. You almost pulled this off. Uh, you got some positives going in this. Hey, Cagliari, enjoy it. And he was really nice enough to lose to Serie C side in the Coppa Italia so he didn't have to lose to Inter in the San Siro. So take that, Spall. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, so there you go. Uh, Inter and Icardi, they managed to uh, hold on to the, the Scudetto for less than 24 hours, but... Hey, man, they're right there. They're nipping at Napoli's heels, and we got ourselves a bit of a race here. And Juve is not necessarily right at the top. I like that. I hate to see my ex-girlfriend Spalletti, you know, do so well in in his next relationship. Um, But I'm proud of my Sardi, and they're they're just their perpetual race to 10th place. (laughs) So three out of the last five. First place in the second half. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about the old lady in Juventus, the third game of this week. Juventus and Crouton Nation Crotone. This one finished, unfortunately, 3-0. The old lady crushed the mighty Croutons in a fluffer match for Napoli. Tad, you got this one as well. Juventus just trying to get pumped up and excited for this Napoli match, which, I mean, Friday. That's now what I, I know what I'm doing. Yep. I know what I'm doing. Juventus-Napoli, just to see... You know, it, there's all the implications. It's Napoli for real. I love, I love this story. It's Napoli for real. They're undefeated in the Serie A, but are they for real? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Juventus, you know, we talk about these crazy lineups and players playing out of position. You know, they use their depths, their depth to wax Crotone. And the narrative for Juventus the last several seasons, you know, is if they come off a draw or a loss, they're going to come out and wax somebody. Well, it's been a month. The last time they did that was was uh, uh, October 25th when they beat Spall 86 to nothing um, and 86 them out of town. And, but this one, you know, you, you get Huedes. I mean, the, the guy has played so little, I don't even know how to pronounce his name at center back. We see return of, of Benatia playing left back in this one. We got Douglas Costa. We got Matuidi, which I don't really consider them bench warmers or anything like that. But, you know, you, you got some you got some uh, some new faces in here. Um, we, you know, Lex Steiner made an appearance in this one, and they just, I mean, just, They're just so look at deep. These. They're so deep. 81 to 19% in percentage. 
a 90% pass, uh, uh, a 91, a 90% pass success rate, 25 to four on shots. I mean, and all the goals from the second half and, you know, speaking of these players who don't play very much, DeShilio gets in. He was the throw in. Yeah. And in that Banucci deal. And he comes in and golf clap. Golf DeShilio, clap. your first goal in the Serie A. But if you're going to get your first goal in the Serie A, score the way DeShilio in this one. Check it out on YouTube, wherever you see your highlights. If I if this were me, I would have just walked off the pitch. Yeah. Been like, done. Yep. Yeah, I yeah, I don't care, Chiellini, if you're tired. You, you're gonna you're gonna bring it back in here. Just give me the Capo Cononieri trophy right now. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just another young player for Milan that just at least shows signs of having an incredible amount of of uh, a talent. And like I said, he came over in that Milan deal from Bonucci. I mean, you kind of got to argue that uh, at this point for the Bonucci uh, 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 De swap. Juventus is getting the better end of the deal on this one. That's one more goal than Bonucci's got this year. Go forget, go figure. Go. Figure. I mean, we know that Bonucci really likes to concede goals this year. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, just just uh, uh, Bonucci, do something, man. Yeah, do something. Don't let Deshilia be showing you up. Seriously. On the other side of this game, my beloved croutons, Crotone. No goals to report, but we've got Ilmister Davide Nicola saying, "Hey, man, you need ninety minutes out of the guys, and we just ran out of gas." This is, this is so croutons. He's happy that they have 12 points at this point. They're not thinking about last season's final day salvation of staying up in Serie A. But I think for, for me, like given how bad Benevento is and the danger zone teams are, 12 points, I got to think Davide Nicola is looking at those 12 points and saying, we're fine. We're oh, yeah. going to stay up in Serie A, no problem. He's purposely leaving his fly down these days, man. He just he 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 he's going to turn up the games and flip flops and socks. Be like, dude, I'm I'm safe. Yep. I mean, you, get, you, you can go ahead and keep that chain on your bike, David and Nicola. You're not you're going to have to have to bike it anywhere this year. To his credit, for all the other Crouton uh, Nation people out there, he is looking to fight. He wants to uh, make make moves, but. Let's be honest, Crotone, if we stay up for another season, God bless us. God it's bless the, us it's, all. It's the race for 16th for that man. Just one position better than last year. Hashtag race for 16th, Crotone. Cheer for that. Crouton Nation. Well, let's switch back to this uh, Napoli-Juventus game, guys. This is the one that's got... This is the one that's going to make me want to you know, put on a nice suit... And uh, light a nice cigar on a Friday night to watch this game. And, you know, news is, is that Iguain, Fat Boy G, is going to be playing in this one. Um, he suffered a broken finger. Say he's 50 50. You got to think that, uh, uh, you got to think that Fat Boy G is going to suit up in this game. He's got to game this one, especially against his old team. But, you know, the interesting storyline for me in this one is Napoli looks tired, man. Yep. They look, they look tired. This, this is a team that, you know, four weeks ago, would have just absolutely blown the doors off of Udinese. And they struggled in this one. And it took basically their most informed player in Jorginho to uh, uh, kind of half culo save them. And they're going against a, a Juve team who's essentially emptied half their bench and just took care of business. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all or nothing. It's, it's got to be a statement win for Napoli. Uh, you know, they got to really dig deep on a Friday primetime game. You know, never mind the stadium's going to be half you know, empty because that if that Gamora doesn't Gamora, get changed, but yeah. uh, or just everyone's going to be streaming it on their on their screens. Yeah. But uh, you know, what what are, what are you what are your thoughts going into this one? Um, it's in San Paolo, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I really just the the takeaways I've seen so far. We were saying about Juve, they're so deep, they're just so deep, 
and that Napoli is struggling with rotation, that I think the wear and tear, it's got me nervous. I think that's why Juventus is going to win this game because they're just built for it. They're built for a 38-week season. I think that I just I can't take it away from Napoli in this one. They're playing at home in front of their home crowd. Um, you know, this is what they're all pumping themselves up to. This is the game why they stayed. And this is this is a game where they can, you know, feel that changing of the guard. You know, Juventus is Juventus is almost fine to lose these big games because they figure that, you know, hey, the, you know, even if they're losing those three, two games of Sampdoria, uh, you know, they, they figured, you know, they got it over the, the, the length of the whole season. So you know, they might be, be, be holding back a little bit. I think that Napoli is going to be the hungry team. I think Juve might be able to fight out for a draw, but I don't see a draw on this one. I, I think, I think uh, Napoli is going to take this one. Looking forward to it. Already hyping it up a lot. Looking forward to Friday. Going to be a great game. Let's turn to the fourth game of the week, Roma OTF Genoa. This one finished 1-1, the headline being only one word, vergogna. And I'm sorry Marco's not here to translate, but that is embarrassment in Italian. The takeaway here, the big story will be the De Rossi red card. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's start off with the first positive that all the Romanisti can celebrate, the El Sharawi Il Farone goal giving us one nothing in this one, but it wasn't enough. The goal itself seemingly sealed an ugly but necessary win against OTF Genoa. Defrel goes in as a sub, Elshaw moves to the left, and he gets the goal. Elshaw, man, just playing out of his mind these days. Um, you know, even, even when he's playing for the Azzurri, uh, when they put him on, there's a sense that you know, he was going to be pulled out for him. It seems anytime he's on that left side, he's super dangerous. You know, or, or just... just just keep it up until you pull your hamstring again, El Shah. Yep. No, uh, very excited. Always excited when he does well. Again, I think you're right, Tad. I really thought he shined when we had Spalletti at the helm and, and kind of been a, a striker's whisperer there. He really shined. But every positive we get, EDF, maybe he's saying the right things. He moved him to the right location in this one, and El Shah gets the goal for us. We thought that was going to be enough, but our captain... He made a mistake. Simple as that. He got a red card in this one. More unexpected than that Auburn beating Alabama game on Saturday. I, I, I don't think it's unexpected. I think that like the holiday season, like it's like Christmas for DeRossi in this one. It comes around one time a year. You know, <laughs> I would say maybe maybe it's not as like you know set your clock trick as, as Christmas. I think it's like it's as expected as you know your gym being full the the Monday you go in after Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're going to get fair. there, and there's going to be a lot of new faces, and the machine that you work at, there's going to be some poor schlub there taking your position. You go in there like, will they? It might not be. This year it might not happen, but sure enough, there it is. There's Daniel Dele Rossi slapping a guy in the face yep. right at the weight bench. Absolutely. There's no denying this one, so he clearly stops Lapadula in this one in the box during a corner. VAR is reviewed, and it's a part of the game now, and... After all of us seeing the replay, I mean, there's no denying. He absolutely smacked him. So uh, it was a deserved red. DeRosa gets a two-game suspension, and so it leads to the question, Tad. Your favorite player on Roma, our captain, your thoughts on this? First of all, two-game suspension for this? I mean, he should have just said something really racist and only gotten a one-game suspension like Ratlich last year. I mean, year. I, th- I think that's because of the red card, so th- that is what it is. I don't know if that's from the league or not, but I, I, I'm not sure about that. 
Well, you talk to Burkhalter down there at the league office. Then yeah. I, tell him I don't roll on Chavez as well while Fair you're down there. Fair point, Big Lebowski. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, Lapadula must have tried to snatch DeRose's chain on this one. You know, this is like the Aqib Talib Michael Crabtree fight, you know, the Italian version. Instead of a, an all out brawl, you know, uh, uh, my man DeRose gives him a little bit of the open hand and Lapadula goes, you know, goes down like. Uh, you know, you know, like, like he's fighting Mike Tyson when Mike Tyson's 19 years old. Like he's Leon Spinks fighting Mike Tyson in this one. <laughs> you know, what are my thoughts on this one? Well, I mean, I'll just go ahead and state the obvious. It's a 1-0 game. We're not playing really well. Um, you know, we, we've gotten a little bit of magic. We're, we're getting a little of, you know, Mr. Momentum has changed his address. And you're going to slap a guy in the box yeah. and give up the PK? Like, come on, man. It's just, you know, it's it's so typical of DeRossi. And you, you you might want to think that, like, hey, he's the captain now. He's not going to pull this kind of stuff. But, you know, he, he he's just – his blood boils over. And, uh, you know, he, he, he sees red and uh, and gets a red for it. And, you know, it's super disappointing. But at the same you – know, and, and, you know, as, as a Roma fan, of course, you know, you can't be dropping points on this. It's so Roma. Like when other teams are dropping points, OTFR drops points instead of you know, creating that – you know, growing that cushion with a game in hand. Um, I know OTFR has a game in hand as well. You know, he, he goes off and, and acts a fool. But at the same time, you know, my personal thought is like, this is what makes DeRossi DeRossi. This, I mean, this is a guy who's got a tattoo on his calf of him, you know, breaking somebody's ankle. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> you, you got to take this. And all the, you know, all the times he saved us. Yep. And all the times that, you know, he's, he, I mean, even if he's not playing well, has pumped up, you know, the other players on the team, it's, it's just a trade-off you get with him. Yep. You know, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a gladiatorial way of, you know, a midfielder playing like a, like a striker being a huge diva. Like, you're, you'll take the 30 goals, you know he's going to be, you know, a flamboyant pain in the ace. DeRossi, he's, he's going to get a crucial red or yellow every single year. I mean, the guy got red carded out of the World Cup in 2006. Like, like the first full soccer game I ever watched. Yep, and Brian I McBride. still love him. That's right. Still got the stitches for that. Brian McBride still falls around Daniel Deli DeRossi like a, like, a, like a scolded dog. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think our friends over at Chiesa di Totti nailed it on this one. I, I feel for DeRossi because I know he's our captain. I love him. But uh, games like this, Tad, this this ends up costing Roma millions of dollars. When we look out at the end of this season and we're missing two points, here's the game to look at. And there will be more because we're Roma fans. We know they're coming. It just it's it's why this team is. It makes they make you nuts. But it has to be said, right? You can't drop points to OTF Genoa. You you just can't do it. They're in the relegation zone. They're a good chance for going to Serie B. If we end up not making Champions League, which because of the TV deals, that will kill us with, with millions of dollars, arguably it costs us Pjanic and his contract, you got to look at these games and say, well, that's Roma being Roma. That's why we don't win Scudetti. Yeah, unfortunately, there's some truth to that. Um, I don't really want to lay, you know, if the season turns out to be that we don't make the Champions League on DeRossi slapping a guy, what, what, what week are we? Week 14? Yeah. Like there's a there's a lot of factors that go into that, but you can't deny that um, if the illness of Roma is underperformance, a symptom of it is Derosi slapping a guy in a one zero game towards the end of it when we should be walking away with three easy points. 
A little bit more background on this one. Toti coming to De Rossi's de- defense on yeah, social boy. media saying, hey, look, we all make mistakes. He made one. He knows it. We got to move on. He, that's what happens in life. So I think that's fair. And I agree with Toti on that. We make mistakes. You can't hold them, you know, totally accountable for, for the entire Roma season based on this one decision. But it will have a factor. So with that in mind, should there be any internal punishment on this one? Uh, if any, Tad, what what would you do to DeRossi here? I mean, I wouldn't do anything for DeRossi to DeRossi on this one. I mean, the guy is thirty four years old. I mean, you know, he, he's got he's got bags under his eyes that you know could play on the Roma Primavera at this point. I mean, he's 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 thirty four. He's the captain. You know, it's you're not EDF is not Spalletti that's going to come in and make some sort of you know rookie example out of. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, DeRossi for making a bonehead because remember Spalletti did it last season, taking it away from him for a couple of games. I think you go, you know, you go to DeRossi and you go, you know, you, you, it's like Spider-Man saving you. You get one and, you know, you, you got to learn from this and you got to move on. But I, I just I don't I don't think that you give any sort of discipline to DeRossi on this one. I think the I think the punt, you know, his embarrassment, his vergogno. Yeah. Is uh, is enough of a, of a of a and a two game ban? I mean, yeah, there's two game ban. I hate it when I say that suspension. Yeah. I'm not English. <laughs> ban ban sounds so you know. I mean, a two game ban like a ban needs to be, be more permanent. For the like, emphasis, you're the- banned from this restaurant. Yeah, for two days. Yeah, yeah. Further emphasis, we don't know what the hell we're doing here on this <laughs> podcast. Last point on Roma on this one is Schick, the 40 million euro man. Returns to his old city against an old rival, OTF Genoa, not as a Sampdorian in this way, game, but as a Romanista. So I think the big takeaway, we don't talk about it a lot, is just it's good to see him out there earning his 40 million euro. Uh, if oh, the- good God, please, Schick. See, Defrel has some major damage to his kneecap in this one. 20 minutes for this guy, he's going to be gone. Please, God, Schick. Don't make... Don't make $60 million. Don't make a Mohamed Salah and Antonio Rudiger amount of money mistake. Uh, you know, I, do, I don't want Monchi to have his first year where, you know, there's just two kind of kerfuffles. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, we, we bring him on to be the, the transfer window whisper. So uh, uh, it's good to see him out there. He looked good. Yep. He's really good. Yep. Uh, you know, m- maybe he can have some super sub magic, but yeah. Hopefully see more of Schick and uh, earn that paycheck with Roma. I agree. OTF Genoa, uh, looking for that race the 17th, and help is on the way, Chris Ross. Happy to How see hard it. are your nipples right now? I can't see through your through your New Jersey sweater, but uh, <laughs> Giuseppe Rossi, Il, P- Il Pepito. Yep. Uh, he's headed to Genoa. Multiple, multiple reports. Just needs to pass that medical. So he's on his way to uh, Genoa there. So I'm very excited about that. Would have loved to see him in Roma. Absolutely would have gotten the jersey if that happened. But uh, yeah, Ted, I mean, I think we're going to have to rename OTF Genoa some other nickname. But the leading one for me right now is just calling Genoa the Garden State. Yeah. Just, just keep calling it that. Some other reason to support them. But now it gets interesting for me because... Am I cheering for Crotone for 17th place, or am I cheering for Genoa? Or, sorry, the Garden State for the 17th. I think, you know, I have the solve for you, Chris Ross. Crotone is the race for 16th. Okay. The Garden State is the race for 17th. All right. So it might stick. Very happy for Forza Pepito. He makes it back to Serie A. Really hoping for big things for him. Big fan. Uh, 
hey man, look, he grew up like 40 minutes from where I did, so good for him, hoping he does big things for Genoa. All right, we'll finish up the top five with OTFR and Fiorentina. This one finished in another 1-1 draw, another surprise there. Reliable strikers for both teams, nowhere to be found in this one. Let's start with our arch nemesis and OTFR. Immobile, held without a goal in this one. That's big news, Tad. I mean, he has been on fire all season, doesn't get a goal in this one. Yeah, the uh, the 80s karate movie villain himself, Immobile, doesn't get the goal. Yeah, I mean, he just can't score every game, Chris, I mean, even though we expect it out of him at this point. Seriously, Capo Cananieri race, he's right there. Instead in this one, it's Stefan Devrij. I'm never going to say it right. Devry. Devry. Okay. He, he's serious about success. There you go. Devrij, Devry. Like it. DeVry. It okay. is, his name is DeVry. Yeah, yeah. He's serious about success, like the, uh, like the old pay-for-play college. Remember those commercials? I do remember DeVry. Yep. You know what their slogan is? We're serious about success. That's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in this one, uh, he gets the goal, but then 90-plus minutes, we've got a super sub giving away a penalty to Babacar for Fiorentina, and the real super sub, Babacar, puts it away. After the game for OTFR in this one, Ilmister, Inzaghi, furious. Thoughts post-game on his super sub? Well, didn't think it was a penalty. Didn't want to take anything away from Fiorentina. But OTFR should have had another goal, and they're still furious about the ref. That pretty much sums up OTFR in this game. Can't be happy about the result, but that's how... uh, how it how it went down up in Fiorentina. Apparently, after this game, Inzaghi tried to fight uh, the uh, the the Fiorentina coach Pioli, who actually was an old Japanese man in this game, and just punched out the glass of, of car windows. <laughs> so uh, Cobra Kai for life, Inzaghi. That might that might have been a reach, but uh, you know, the end of Karate Kid, or it's the beginning of Karate Kid Two, where he's punching out the windows because Inzaghi's got the the most eighties supervillain hair of all. Well, the board doesn't hit back, Tad, so there you go. (laughs) Fiorentina rocking the green in my old neighborhood, so the San Giovanni Baptistry in this one for uh, their uniforms, since they've got five of them. They steal a point here in injury time. 94th minute, they get that goal. For Pioli, Il Mister, the performance of uh, his Fiorentina said he felt they didn't deserve to lose, but he kind of punts on uh, whether it was a penalty or not because... His quote after the game, I was 50 meters away from the penalty. I can't comment. Technology was used, so it has to be respected. That pretty much tells me Pioli's not buying this, but he'll take the result. You know uh, you know what needs to be respected is Pioli's wardrobe these days, man. Always. Going from vests to turtlenecks and all kind of like the, the monochrome purple thing going on, man. Put him in the running, U.S. men's national team. I cannot wait till he's got like a, like a smoking pipe on the side and he's like sitting <laughs> yeah. in a leather chair. Cheers to that. Reading Absolutely. a book. Yep, because he's already got this game won. I mm-hmm. like that. Yep. So that'll do it. Another shocker. Another low-scoring game, 1-1 OTFR. They look tired out there. Absolutely. Let's take a short break and finish off Week 14 with the bottom five games. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. 
They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. Starting off the second set of games is Sampdoria and Bologna. This one finished with a shocker. 3-0. Bologna. The first time Marco's not on the podcast, Bologna gets a huge result here. 10-man Bologna. Rope-a-dope Sampdoria for their second straight win. Go ahead, Tad. Yeah, Team Meat Sauce here managed to notch three more <laughs> in the magic column. I don't than... know if it gets any better than Team Meat Sauce. Yeah, they're, I mean, you know, the crest is snooky. Um <laughs> Yeah, they, you know, they managed to notch three more points in the Magic column than Sampdoria in this one, pull off a huge upset. Uh, pull off a huge upset. I mean, Bologna went down 10 men for most of the second half. Granted, they were up 2-0, but just embarrassing. You know, yep. they, uh, they, they, uh, Toro CDs gets the second, second uh, uh, yellow and gets, gets sent off. And Sampdoria, who, you know, recently has thrashed you know, had a three-two uh, victory over uh, uh, over Juventus. They won their derby for the third time in a row, and they go out to Bologna. Mainly thanks to Simone Verdi of Bologna. I mean, Simone Verdi stays Marshawn, which is another game in total beast mode. This guy has three goals and three assists in the last three games. So this team, who you know, they've now won two in a row after a four-game skid, after a three-game winning streak. Guess which one of those games that Simone Verdi, Simone Verdi had a big game in? Their wins. So Shocker. they just go as he goes. And Sampdoria, man, what do you think? They're just a little drunk off their own success right now? I guess so. Uh, we've crowned them as owning their city, but uh, this is a bit of a surprise. Did not see this coming, losing to Bologna. Yeah, they lose to a 10-man team. Like, yeah. you know, I, I just, it just goes to show, like, how unpredictable. I just It goes to show how you know that that uh, uh, the, the the gamblers out there are always going to lose eventually. The house is going to take your money eventually. That Sampdoria, who beats Juventus, right? Three to two. And then comes back to this. Comes back and loses to a 10-man Bologna. I mean, Bologna, like I said, they're up and down season, man. I mean, they're, they're, their season's been like, like, you know, like the Bitcoin exchange market, just up and down. Their team Pasta Freda and Pasta Calda. <laughs> sometimes they're hot, sometimes they're cold. But my favorite thing, I mean, I guess, you know, Marco here, he, he, he'd be singing the praises of, of Bologna up and down 3-0. I'm not going to do that in his absence. But Zemaili, you see this? From Montreal Impact, an MLS story here. He wants back. Love it. He says he wants to come back. I mean, the 3-0 victory over Sampdoria is even pulling Zemaili back in this one. And if you're, if you're Bologna, you might want to take him. Because have you seen his stat line in the MLS? Yeah. Eight goals and 12 assists in 25 games. Yep. I'm a big fan of that. Yowza. Yep. But Joey Saputo owns both the clubs, so. That's right. You know, it's just, what is, is it like a, is it like transferring it from your checking to your savings? Yeah, it's like just, Man, Man just City. One, just Man, one swipe? Man City over in England and Man City NYFC. Yep. Yeah, just, just swipe, just swipe it over and, you know, it, it, he'll be there next game. Yep. 
No, there you go. So, a bit of a shocker there with Sampdoria, not acting like the sixth place team, but there's the result. Up next is probably the biggest story uh, in Serie A this week. Milan versus Torino, 0-0. It's a crappy draw for two teams fighting for, at best, a Europa spot. Weird to say that with Milan in the conversation. But the big story, of course, being Montella getting sacked yesterday on Monday. Let's do the game quickly, Tad. 50,000 people at the San Siro for Torino. You got you got to love the Milan fans. Milanisti out there, credit to you. Everything in the news is bad about the club right now, but you're showing up in droves. I love to see it. I mean, yeah, the Milan Club Philly, which is one of the only few club events we've gone to for another team besides Roma, just like they love that team. Yep. Just, you know, such a rich history. So you got to love 50,000 people that are playing Torino. Their season's disappointing. Their coach is on the ropes. Boom. 50,000 people. Yep. Love to see that. Unfortunately, they don't get a goal here. Maybe because they know that their ownership needs the money. Yeah, seriously. They own the pace in the game, but they just couldn't finish. So the comparison I had was it's like being stuck in fourth gear the whole way home from that Thanksgiving weekend, trying to beat the traffic, but you just don't finish. You need that last gear. Didn't happen for them, and so they... Finished 0-0. On Torino's side, Mihalovic calling this a fight between two rivals for Europa League. So if that doesn't express how far Milan has unfortunately fallen with a $250 million debt around their neck, I don't know what does. To his credit, Miha giving credit to uh, Falke, Niang, and Belotti, but they didn't get any in this game either. For me, Tad, the only positive in this game was off the field, and it's not just for Torino, it's for anyone who loves soccer. I'm sure you, everyone out there has seen this on social media. Belotti gifting his jersey to Benucci's kid, the most famous Torino fan in all the land. And just a beautiful moment for soccer, for life, for, uh, for Italy. Just uh, giving, that, giving that shirt to a kid who, look, Benucci played for Juve, which was Torino's crosstown rival, and now for Milan, arguably another rival. It's just really cool to see. Credit to Belotti for being a class act. Yeah, he's like the Ken Griffey Jr., though, when we were kids of, of the Serie A. Like, didn't matter who you supported, everyone liked Ken Griffey Jr. This weekend for Thanksgiving, Leslie and I were visiting Leslie's parents in Winchester, Virginia, and we went into a brew pub there, and the bartender there looked exactly <laughs> like Andrea Belotti. <laughs> And I did ask him for his shirt. There you go. But he didn't give it to me. Well, all right. There is only one Belotti then. To the bigger story, Tad. Monday. Milan sack Montella and they bring up Gattuso. And in my opinion, an additional salary. So Montella as a coach here, you got to look at the facts here. He's only been at the helm for a year and a half from June 2016 up to November 2017. Did get some hardware for the Milanisti out there. They won the Supercopa Italia out in Doha last season versus Juve. Who could forget that? What do you think, Tad? I'm curious about this. Is he relieved after all of this? Well, you, you know, if if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. I can see where you're going with this one, that, like, every single week you're asking questions about your job. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, like, I've been entirely critical of him. I thought it was kind of a joke that he came over after coming over from Sampdoria. I thought last season he had no clue. And I thought when they just gave him the keys to help, yes. If I were him, I'd be relieved. Now I think about this, because I knew I was in over my head last year. 
All right. And then this year, the new owners come in and give me $250 million of the players. Actually, $249 million. I'm not going to count Donnarumma's brother, um, <laughs> you know, in this amount of money. But, uh, uh, and, you know, they're like, make Champions League or, you know, the whole ship is going to tank. And, uh, you know, at this one, at least I can distance myself a little bit from this thing. You know, I can, I can jump on the lifeboat of the Titanic and, uh, and I, I might live to fight another day. I really felt for him, particularly when Ancelotti got axed up in Germany. And just every week it just got louder and louder. Why don't we go with Ancelotti? So I do feel for the man, uh, Montella Airlines. uh, Just that's a tough situation to be in. So I am kind of of the opinion that at some point here, he's going to be thinking, you know what? Uh, Just the heck with this job. I don't need this. I don't need this, this stress. I got my Supercopa Italia trophy. Silver plate. I'm out of here, man. I've done my job. Fair you see point. The, you see all that that list of all those stars up there for trophies at Milan's one? You see that little tiny one down there? That one's me. Yep. No, I agree with that. Uh, to his credit, the quote after getting the axe, leaving is painful. I tried to give all I have got for this club, but I accept the decision which has been taken. I'd like to thank the players, you, the fans, the beautiful moments we spent together, hoping that Milan will get back where they belong. So... Hey man, give him some credit. He went out with some with uh, uh, some honor, I guess. What did you expect him to go out like the guy in Half Baked? Bleep you, bleep you, yeah. bleep you. You're cool. Right. Bleep you. No, uh, already talk of him. Uh, the, of course, the first question everyone asks is, "Well, are you going to put yourself in contention for the the Italy job?" I'm going to throw him in there for the U.S. Men's National Team job because he's got a good set of hair. He's got that three piece suit. That's basically all I need at this moment. I'm going to throw him in there for, uh, I'm going to say, Roosevelt High School down the road. (laughs) I think that's probably where his coaching talents are suited. That's appropriate. Fair point. But I'll throw him into play for the U.S. men's national team. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, He's gone. I think the next point has got to be, I'm sorry for the Milanese out there, but the club's in shambles. The biggest issue will continue to be the finances. The big story here in the New York Times continues to be, even if this ship can be turned around and they qualify for Europe, whether it be Champions or Europa, rumors continue that the financial fair play rules may bar Milan from competing in those tournaments next season, which, let's be honest, soccer is about money. That'd be a huge financial hit for them because they bet big on making those tournaments for the TV money. If they don't get to play for financial fair play, that's going to hurt their bottom line, and and really yeah. that that gamble is that, done. That's that's not going to happen. If they qual- if they qualify for, you know, let's say they win the Europa League or they pull off a miracle and they qualify for the Champions League, they're gonna they're gonna come sort of some sort of arbitration with UEFA, UEFA to figure out some sort of extended penalty or whatever like that. Similar to what happened what's happened to Roma and Inter in the past. So I mean, it's sexy to throw out the death sentence for Milan right now. It's sexy to pile on them because. They spent all this money. It's not panning out. Their biggest signing, Benucci, appears to be kind of a wreck right now. They're not scoring goals. I mean, like quietly, they're thrashing in the Europa League. But um, you know, to to kind of pile this on, I, I I don't see the the powers that be in UEFA letting that happen. Yep. So we will see. They've got a new man at the helm, Gattuso. We're familiar with him with the 2006 World Cup. He jumps up from the Milan Primavera youth team to the main team now. 
and we'll see. I don't, I don't think there's a lot to talk about now. It's the proof will be in the pudding, whether he does well. To be fair, he's got pretty much a Mickey Mouse schedule for the next three or four games. So I don't know if it, it's going to mean a lot. But Wait a minute. Gattuso's the coach? Yeah. Oh, man. I thought they, I thought they got Greg Schiano. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be another story. But uh, What no. are they paying him to go away? Milan, man, throwing around this money, paying two coaches. Man, they're doing great. That is a point to take. I think that's fair, right? That they are taking on another salary, unless Gattuso took one for the team here and said, just pay me my Primavera salary. But I think his agent, if he has any say no. in that, is not no. buying that. Yeah, what's 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 another couple million on this one, man? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I I I you know when I read that Time magazine sold for two point eight billion, I just figured that uh, that Milan bought him. Yep, but if I were uh, working for Milan right now, I think I'd want all my money up front. All right, so let's see if Gattuso can turn around for Milan and move forward in the table. Up next, Tad, we've got Chievo and Spal. This one finished two one in Chievo's favor. Spall getting Bobby English, Roberto Inglese striking for Chievo. What do you got? I just got a few points on this one. One, it's just good to see a good Bobby Englishing every once in a while. Always. It's been the last uh, time someone's been Bobby English since Ellis Verone in the Derby back on, uh, on October 22nd, back when I was an infant 34-year-old, uh, my birthday being 1019. There's a Bobby English then, so boom, welcome back, Bobby English, six goals in Syria. Love it. Spall, absolutely not worth watching. I'm shocked. Spall, we were really hyping at the beginning of the season. Well, their soccer is is fun to watch from time to time, but they're absolutely not worth watching without appearances from the pit of erotic fantasies come true, Marco Borriello, or the Divine Beard. Um, So we're we're left with this uh, Alberto Pelosi and uh, Serie B Bonazzoli. I mean... Can you imagine you turn up the stadium, you're looking for Boriello and Antonucci, and you get Pelosi and Bonazzelli? It's you know, it's like it's like it's like turn up for a Tinder date, and there's just a fake picture. <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, swipe right, and you, you you put all this effort you get in there, and there's there's a friggin' you know a a goat. You know, my last thing too is guys with Sorrentino, Pelissier, and Gobi on the field at the same time. I think the people of Barona should check their newspapers for dead bodies found drained of all their blood because you have three vampires, 3,000-year-old men that are out there playing this game. Um, and I guess the last, the last little ad bit of content that I'm going to throw this one is Spall got knocked out of the Copa Italia. 2-0 loss at home to... Who did they get lost to? Oh, my God. I, uh, it's, uh, Cittadella. Ch- yeah, not Mortadella. Cittadella. Cittadella. Um my, the, the best thing about this this one is though is like you always throw in all these boring ass coaching uh, uh, quotes. The team president Walter Mattioli had a quote. I saw a team of arrogant players who at the start of the game looked as if they didn't want to be there, and that irritated me. They played without balls, and I expected a very different match. We need to we need everyone to press the reset button and forget what happened last season. As for those who just arrived, they must prove themselves worthy of this shirt. That is a quote. Yep. Can you imagine like Joe Girardi or Jerry Jones or John Fox or actually you can only expect this type of candor out of like Greg Popovich and maybe Steve Kerr. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for you, Mr. Mara, for my New York football giants to do this after benching Eli. Today. They played without balls. Yeah. yeah. God. Dove Sony Coglioni. Very true. 
Senza Pale. Senza Pale. All right, Tad. So there you go. Spal knocked out of Copa Italia, the March Madness of Italy. We'll get more into that later in the season, but that's, I believe, the first Serie A team and, and Cagliari out. So we got two Serie A teams knocked out of March Madness for, Syria, for Italy right now. Pretty crazy. Up next, finishing off week 14, is Richard Whittle's The Danger Zone, the which danger. was the only good thing about the Genoa game, <laughs> was Dick Whittle. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. They are not in the danger zone this part. We've got Atalanta and Benevento starting this off with one nothing towards Benevento. No, sorry. Atalanta gets this one. The Benevento Browns, sorry Cleveland, <laughs> dropped their 14th straight. And Tad is beginning to cheer for the witches to just lose. Yeah, man, this guy's got to be the hipster team. I mean, they, they you know... They, 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 I always think like Benevento fans must be the construction workers at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of Major League. Like they suck. Yeah. Um, only two takeaways for this one, guys, is the only Brian in the Serie A, Brian Cristante, caps off an amazing week. He has two goals away at Everton in the Europa League. And he has the winner versus Benevento. <laughs> now, Everton, I think, is 17th in the English League and Benevento. I'm pretty sure they're 20th in the Serie A. So he gets he gets three goals against low-hanging fruit, but come on, man. Come on. Yeah. And the other one is, is man, Benevento. Lose again. I, I feel for them. I really do, because I like their colors, but they're just... Oh, I mean, yeah, their jerseys are great. I'm, I'm yeah. starting to love... I'm just I'm starting to love these guys, man. I mean, because you know when they win... You know, when they get a point, they're gonna be like they're gonna be like the like the Philadelphia Eagles doing the electric slide. You know, they're touchdown like they, they score a goal and there's just gonna be a choreographed dance. Yep. Like everyone is just is just is 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 just gonna be super interesting. So I cannot wait to see just to see how the story because it builds each week. Yeah, it does. It, it really builds does. each week. Yep. So we'll we'll see what happens there. I think we're all hoping for Benevento to win, so long as it's not against one of the teams we love. But we will see about that. Oh, they'll get a point against Roma. Yeah, and I we're not, giving them away. I'm not too worried about that, but we will see. Up next, the final game of Week 14 is Sassuolo versus Hellas Verona. This one finished two nothing, a toilet bowl type of game. Sassuolo managed to manages to outcrap Hellas. With a two nothing loss to a ten man team, ish, just embarrassing. Ish, Sassuolo is so bad. It's it's tough, man. I mean, Spall and Benevento have played better this season than than Sassuolo. I just gotta say that. Yep. No, there's that's there's, what also makes me love Benevento more. Definitely changes ahead for uh, Sassuolo. We'll get into those. Let's start very quickly with Hellas. 17th place, not looking so bad here. Hashtag rates for 17th. Yep, absolutely. Hellas Verona looking to stay in Syria. Daniele Verde scored on this one. That's right. He gets well, he gets the goal here. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw out the rumor. January he goes to Napoli. Why? He fits the correct the correct height profile <laughs> of the team. They need another ant for the ant army. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I don't know what the story is with who has his rights, but that would be interesting for height purposes. That's really it for Hellas. They're, they're not giving me much to report on, unfortunately. I, I do want them to do well because of the derby. However, let's turn it over, Tad, to Sassuolo. Changes are afoot. They fire their coach and hire a familiar face to us 
who a person who is as comfortable on the baseball field as he is walking the sidelines of a soccer field. It's baseball hat wearing Jackini. Biggest point we got to take from that is going bald sucks, which Jackini I can 100% relate to. It's a pain, but you got to deal with it. Jackini, man. I mean, this guy. All we know about him is he's standing on the sideline of a field, clearly the coach, and he's wearing a baseball hat. This guy could this guy could arm rob with the baseball hat on, take the hat off, and just blend into the crowd. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's it, it would be, it's like meeting Jim, Gene Simmons if he doesn't have his face painted like Kiss. He could be you know he could be your waiter in a restaurant. I don't know why. Gene Simmons is a waiter in a restaurant for my hyperbole, but you have no, it's like Pee Wee Herman. If he didn't have the suit on, like you, you, you'd have to throw out the boys. It's like, it's like if Steven Tyler didn't dress like a lady. I mean, just, Dude the, just the like whole thing is the hat with this guy. Yeah. I, I noticed particularly in the press conference, like he is dedicated to that baseball hat because it is not coming off for like inside, outside. If there's, Anything going on? This got to be boils, man. This got to be boils. Something like, bad. Anytime, like the punishment is he like pulls off his hat and his team's like, God, oh, dear God, like <laughs> yeah. you better do what I say, otherwise you're gonna see this and you say you're gonna see this again. They'd be like, but we always see when our eyes yeah. are closed when we close our eyes. Yeah, maybe he's got like a cricket thing going on from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, but uh, he continues to wear it. God bless him. Uh, we've seen him around. He's been with Venezia, Sampdoria, Brescia, Palermo, and Udinese. Those last two teams were both in last season. He, play, he coached uh, for both of them. So he's a familiar face, so hopefully Sassuolo gets to make a move here uh, with some, with some uh, new coaching tactics, but it remains to be seen. Just do something for Berardi, man. I want to talk more about Berardi. Cheers to that. Berardi's averaging that. like four shots a game. Let's, let's, let's get some goals in there. But there you have it. They are still down in the danger zone, both them and Hellas, dangerously close to getting relegated. We will see how that turns out. That wraps it up for Week 14, Ted. Well done. We miss Marco to death. However, we are looking forward to Week 15, man. Some really great games coming up on a Friday, competing with Gamora, competing with work. So it's not great for us Americans here following Syria. But some of the big games we've already mentioned, Napoli and Juve. Another big one, Sampdoria Lazio. Oof. Oh, swear oh, jar. That's those beers are getting to you, man. They really are. Mad Elf getting getting to me. It's like it, your 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 inhibitions are loosening up. That's yeah, true. you've turned into a Mad Elf. Cheers. This to is that. you on the bottle of, on, the, yeah. on the cover of the bottle the using the player. L word. Yeah. Yeah. And then the big ones, Milan Benevento. We'll see if Gattuso can turn it around against them. And then if Giuseppe Rossi does in fact pass that medical, Genoa versus. Hellas Verona. So the toilet bowl. Milan Benevento, man. That's I'm definitely watching that game because I have to know. Yeah. Yeah. I have to know. If will, it's, will the the Benevento Browns turn it around against Milan? I don't know what I want to have happen because like if you know Benevento beating Milan would just be like a great storyline, but at the same time, like it's not gonna happen at 0 and 15. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so true, so true. So we're looking forward to that. Guys, enjoy the weekend. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Find us on social media. Rate and comment. Until that time, ragazzi, diciamo. Arrivederci. Ciao, 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 ciao.